0: We are a band of brothers,
1: diverse yet unified, aligned to pursue the truth, resolute in our commitment. We are stronger together, and you are one of us.
0: This is the Brotherhood Podcast. Brothers, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Devin Uitaki, and I want to welcome you. I have uh, Matt Schrader with me as well. As usual, today we're going to be talking about The November Breakfast with Brett Wilson, which uh, just recently happened. It was about a a week ago, so we've had a little bit of time to digest it and uh, hopefully share some of the insights that we've gained from it, that we've gleaned from it. Uh, And uh, I'm I'm excited to get into it because I think there were some really good things in there uh, that he talked about that I think that from a brotherhood standpoint – are spot on that, uh, you know, the importance of having a brother in your life or a brotherhood that's going to challenge you, that's going to push you, that's going to stretch your faith and really take you to kind of that next level where you're, you know, trusting in God more and more, as well as kind of diving into some of the things that we as leaders, as men, as husbands, that we deal with on a day-to-day basis that are struggles for us, and I think it's important to talk about it and, and kind of identify that, you know, we're not alone in some of the struggles that we have. Uh, and that brotherhood can surround you and say, hey, I've been there. I've walked that path. I've had those challenges in my life uh, and uh, I've been able to overcome them. So uh, all those things are, are, are things that I'm super excited to jump into. Matt, how are you doing? Good to see you. Uh, it's always great to connect with you here. Say hello to everybody and let's
1: jump into this. Yeah, absolutely, Evan. Of course. Great to see you. Hope things have been well in your life. Got to see you last week, of course, at the breakfast. And what an opportunity, what a privilege to have Brett Wilson in to speak. You know, that's one of the things I think is unique about Brotherhood in our events is we bring men kind of out of the group, out of the crowd, if you will. These aren't men who are just, you know, quasi-celebrities in their own little religious camp. They're They're men who are just like us. They've got kids, they've got jobs, they've got other things they're doing, but God is so real in their life and has done so much in their lives that they have a story. They have a story to tell. Just like many of you all listening, Evan and I have had opportunities to express God does stuff in our lives and it can be expressed in a way that it can make a difference in somebody else's life. You know, it brings me, it brings to my mind that scripture and revelation, I'll have to look it up, but it's, it uh, Jesus is speaking from a, you know, he's, ret, he's returned since. And he says this, he says, you overcome or you walk through challenges. You make an impact on people's life by two things. And he says, the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony, the blood of the lamb, of course, referring to the word of God, the power of God, your relationship with God. But then also he brings in, he says, actually that alone is not the most powerful way to change. You actually need a story. You actually need to hear somebody else say, God did this in my life. Or, of course, be able to tell somebody, God did this in my life. It's those two things combined that make impact on your life, my life, the men and brothers that are listening. I think that's why a... Attending the breakfast, going to the breakfast is such a unique privilege and an opportunity that I'm thankful to be having every month. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I
0: love that you brought that up because telling our story, sharing our story, sharing our struggle—that's, you know, that's I think for guys, it, it's foreign to us. So, you know, having having that ability to say like, hey, I'm gonna, you know, pull back the curtain and show you, you know, some of the struggles that I've gone through, but. The cool thing about that is that, you know, if they know your struggle, they're going to know that you're, you know, the they're going to know the success that comes with that. And so where, where God shows up and you're able to overcome and you're able to, you know, walk through those things and have that testimony, that testimony only has power when they know the struggle. And if you're not vulnerable and willing to, you know, bring other people in and have an environment like a brotherhood that you can talk about those things, those guys can walk through that with you and celebrate with you on the other side of it too. So all those things are, are things that I, I think you know that just kind of reiterate the the importance of having that brotherhood and and, and intentionally seeking that and some of the ways that we can kind of build that in our own individual lives.
1: The thing about guys is we like to tell stories. It's we like yeah. to tell stories that aren't quite true. We like to tell stories <laughs> that the fish was a little bit bigger, the deer was a little bit bigger, the the my money's a little bit longer. My I'm a little bit taller. I'm a little bit stronger than it is actually the truth. And that's one of the things I've loved being around you is you really tell a very um, truthful, to overuse that word, truthful perspective of a story. And then being in a brotherhood allows us to drop our guard and really tell everybody that, you know what, the fish wasn't that big. And, you know, my my trip wasn't that great, but it was still great. It was good in its own. And, and then, of yeah. course, it gets down deeper to what's really happening in our lives. And I, I think that's one of the unique things about what God does in your life is he l- helps you drop the walls and say, okay, this is what's really happening. So yeah, you were yeah. saying Brett. Yeah, no. I, so I wanted to jump
0: into a couple of things. Like, and it, it, the funny thing for me, was like when you first jumped into talking about his purpose was to inspire people and kind of talking about the purpose mastermind that he did with Mark Delaney. I, I know that Mark Delaney has been on the uh he's spoken to the to the breakfast before so you know make sure that you go back and listen to some of those uh past podcasts i think the most recent one that he that he's done is actually i think like a top 5 actually a, a top 3 in terms of listen so i know that a lot of you guys if you're tuning into this uh podcast and and hearing us speak there's a good chance you've heard him speak before um you know definitely if you haven't go back and listen to those But I think that this is a topic that just is interwoven into a lot of things that we're going to talk about all throughout this podcast and what our speakers are going to talk a lot about in the luncheons, or not luncheons, and the breakfasts is just finding purpose and identifying that and going through that journey and so you know the fact that he brought that up and we're going to give a little bit of a plug to to mark bit just because i think that it's really important for you to pursue that purpose and dive into that uh because once you're able to operate within your purpose there's a lot of fulfillment in that and there's a lot of peace in that too so for for brett his 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 Purpose statement was to inspire people. And I think that, um, you know, this opportunity to speak hopefully uh, was inspiring to you. Uh, you know, hopefully it was a, a, an opportunity for, for you to see somebody who's trying to walk through that purpose as well as continue to discover that purpose. But, you know, when you look at, you know, people who are, you know, just trying to figure things out and trying to kind of say, you know, why am I here? What am I doing? What are my strengths? Like what, how do these things, you know, tie together? I think that's where, you know, having a, a coach come alongside of you or, or, or somebody uh, that you trust that you can say, hey, you know, I realized that, you know, when I do these things, I'm successful. When I do these things, I'm fulfilled and, and I'm energized by that. Those are clues to your purpose. And then you get the right people in uh, in your life that can kind of, you know, expand that mindset for you a little bit more. That's where you can really start dialing and say, okay, these things are within my purpose and my purpose is to do X, Y, and Z and once I'm able to do that I know that I'm I'm walking in the direction
1: that God created and that's good you know the thing that strikes me about mark and his program and of course you mentioned brett went through uh, the uh, purpose mastermind mark delaney's actually been a faithful team member of the brotherhood for the last mm. 3 4 years now and that's something that's tremendous just if if and when people come to the breakfast, is some of the guys we have working and serving are also the guys that God moves through to help us find our purpose. And that's a unique thing to have guys that you volunteer around. You know, you've mentioned mentorship so many times on this program and the specific uh seeking out of a mentor. And that's what Mark provides with you know, his program. But then on the other side, just volunteering with them is also a way that I've seen mentoring Mm -hmm. in my life. Just being around Mark and other men, it's like they say the right thing. You know, I love in this show, Evan, that both of us have these different uh, paradigms of mentorship and God uses both of them. The seek out, purposeful, choose a mentor, and then also just being around men who can speak into your lives. God has the ability to do both. And that's important for men to hear that are listening to this podcast is find a, a space, find an opportunity for you that you can find men around you that can speak into your lives, whether they're doing it on purpose because you met them for breakfast or just because you're out there serving with them, you're out there taking care of a community with them. Find men to be around that God can move through and talk to you.
0: Yeah, I can't remember the
1: guy who said this, and I'll probably think about it later on, but I know the quote is
0: that you're the average of the five people that you surround yourself with. And I think that what you're talking about is 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 specifically tied into that because when you're around those people, you're seeing what they're doing, you're seeing how they make decisions, you see how they uh, take risks, you see how they operate with their family, you see how they lead – uh, whether it be by serving or by, you know, education or or role or position or whatever it may be, and you can't help but learn from that. And so I think that's what ultimately makes us better leaders, better, um, better men, uh, better brothers in, in the things that we're trying to do. So, yeah, 100% agree with that. I, you know, I, I guess I do lean a little heavier towards the, you know, pursuing those mentors. Um, and I would just say to kind of compliment to what you're saying is, pursue opportunities to be around mentors. Even if it's not a true mentorship situation, I think that's what you're talking about. Uh, Pursue to find opportunities to serve alongside of, of guys that are people that you want to aspire to be. You know, that could be something as simple as, you know, serving on a nonprofit board or, or just serving at the church or, you know, you know, greeting people at the door. There's always opportunities and, and I'm always shocked uh, by some of the things that other people do, that are, you know, people that I'm just, you know, standing next to, we ultimately have the conversation, Hey, what do you do? Like, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself. What's your job? What's your occupation? And for, for guys, a lot of that is just because that's how we define ourselves. That's, that's where a lot of our identity comes from, where we, where we place a lot of our identity. But ultimately what you'll find is as you're talking to those guys with that question, uh, you can also kind of say, okay, this is, this is somebody that, I need to be intentional with. This is somebody that I need to, you know, spend more time with. And, you know, it can be as simple as grabbing a cup of coffee. It can be as simple as just being consistent and showing up. If you're seeing them consistently show up and, and do certain things, uh, you know, find opportunities to, to serve in that same capacity. So uh, love that you said that. I, th- I think that's, you know, that's a, shoot, we're already into little gold nuggets from this thing. And, it, and it's, <laughs> it, we're not even to the part where we're talking about some of the things that he
1: actually dove into. Well, i tell you what I thought of, though, as you're talking, this swings right into the beginning of his story. You know, he, he may have mentioned doing some mentoring with Mark Delaney at the end of his story. But what mm. we're talking about right now, being around men, is actually what started it. Because if you'll remember, he talked about going to a uh, small yeah. group. And in that small group, he's, you know, they're doing the small group thing. He's there with his wife. He's like most guys. He's kind of drugged there by his wife. He's kind of, you know, you're doing the introduction thing. I'm this. You know, I work here. I got these many kids. And they kind of move through the small group. And somewhere out of the out of the blue, they're in a conversation with a gentleman whom they don't know. And the guy looks at Brett and it just basically speaks to this thing, which we find out eventually is traveling in Brett's life. He travels a lot. He traveled a lot. And And he's missing time with his family, is what it came down to. And the guy tells him Mm -hmm. in the small group, it's not worth it. It's just not what you think it is. That's the first inclination God has in the story Brett tells that ultimately culminates with him traveling less, having a better family life, having more intention and more purpose put onto his family. But it's being around men and being around people, you know, from a family sense that have the guts to speak to speak to you, a scripture's rolling up in Proverbs it teaches us that oh I love the scripture. It says wounds from a friend are better than kisses from an enemy. Mm. And it's the idea that real friends say the tough things that you need to hear. People who really care about you, they say the tough things you need to hear. The people you got to be leery of are the people that are always telling you great things about yourself. Well, you get a gold star for transition because I was I was I wasn't quite sure how we were going to get into the thing
0: that he talked about, the thing that stands in the way, and I think you teed it up perfectly and tying it into, you know, specifically he was in a situation where maybe that guy wasn't a mentor to him, but it was somebody who was in a similar or actually a a couple phases or a couple seasons in life life past where he was, but he was able to see, hey man, it's not worth it. I've been down that path. I know, you know what it leads to and the fruit that comes from that and i think it shook him i think i think it was something that like he knew immediately that like he had had somebody speak directly into his life now the 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 challenge that kind of came from that was what do you do with that information what do you do with uh you know somebody who speaks that into your life you know you you have a decision to make do you act on it and say hey man you're absolutely right i need i i do need to do something about this i can't do it um or I don't think I can do it. And I think that's where he kind of ties into a little bit of like, you know, it's the thing that stands in the way, but it's a thing that you need to give to God. You Like the, the God can walk through that with you and he can find that. I think, in Brett's mind, when that guy had that conversation with him, he was like, there's I, there's no other way. This is the way that it has to be done. This is the way that other my competition does it. This is the way that this industry is set up. I have to travel. I have to be in front of these doctors. I have to do these things. And I think part of it was, and this is my identity. This is who I am. I am a guy who travels, and I sell that's these good. things, and I do these things. And And that's just a part of who I am. But I think that's where... The, like the first trap is the first trap is justification, where we say I don't need to give this to you, God, because I'm fully justified in why I'm doing it. And I think that's I think that's where uh, a, it, it kind of hit home for me was like what are the things in my life that I'm justifying and I'm complacent in because I have good justification in my mind for that I potentially could could, get, could give to God and have more in my life more peace more fulfillment more opportunity whatever that you know more is for you i think that that's the thing that if i were to kind of walk away from today's bre- or not today's breakfast but uh, from from that november breakfast was of all the things he said am i justifying things in my life because i'm complacent or am i fully trusting in God of his purpose for me in terms of what I should be walking closer towards, but I'm not taking steps because I feel
1: justified. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. That's a tremendous point. It brings out the thought in my mind that there's two ways to approach your life. You can approach it with some forethought and you can, or you can approach it reactively. And, Mm -hmm. What you're calling on us to do is to have some forethought about what in my life am I justifying? What in my life am I saying is okay that may not be okay? You know, I, I don't think our audience or the Brotherhood listening need to take away that they can't travel or that they can't be a traveling sales rep or any of that. It's what is the one thing that God that I have in my life that I'm holding on to as a part of what you said earlier that I think is key and that is identity. What have mm-hmm. I made more important to me than Christ is to me? That's usually the thing that we justify. It's usually the thing that God is saying, listen, give that to me. I've got so much more for you. You know, when I look at my life, there were times where I thought, man, my my chismo or my ability or my athletic, athletic prowess is this or – and those things, fortunately, age has a way of uh, whittling those away from you <laughs> and and convincing you you're not near as, well, it's two things. It convinces you you're not the athlete or the, it's not even athlete because it's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about the physical presence, prowess. It, it convinces you that you're not what you thought you were and you're not even what you thought you used to be. So it's those little things in our life that we have to give up and give over that God is saying, listen, I have so much more. I have so much more than this, you know, a this image that you want to present, this idea, this perspective that you're trying to get people to uh see you as that really is a lie. It's a mask. I think you talked about that last um episode is this mask that we throw on. So it's like, it's like we're progressing. And maybe this is a God thing, I don't know, but now we're moving to what is that mask? What are we justifying? Mm-hmm. What are we? saying that, oh, this is okay, because this is who I am, when our relationship with Jesus is over there saying, actually, you are the image of the very creator. You're much more than this mask that you've put on your face. Yeah, I think it's two things. I think it's one saying...
0: That uh, I'm fully justified in feeling the way that I do, and it's too big of a thing for God to to do something with, and I think that's where we're starting to put limits on, you know, what what God can do in our life, and I think that was a a lot of the the theme that was kind of woven into the story that he had. A couple things that struck me: um, one, a thousand nights. He said uh, that he got a, a thing from Marriott saying that he had stayed a thousand nights with Marriott, and at first I was really impressed. I was like, "Holy crap!" Like that's. Like wow. you're, you're some whatever, reward, titanium, <laughs> like, yeah, you're, you're, you're <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, and and in my mind, here's, here's how I justify fight If I stay a thousand nights at a Marriott, I'm going to have a, a ton of points so I can travel with my family. And I think that's where mm-hmm. some of that justification comes into play. But on the other side of that, a thousand nights is 2.7 years away from your family. So that. which,
1: huge.
0: which, yeah. So 2.7 years of your, of your, of your kids not not being there for your kids, 2.7 years of you not being there for your wife. Um, You know, that's, that's a lot. Now I'll give him, I'll give him a little bit of grace. Maybe he traveled before he got married. So let's, let's, let's knock that down a little bit, but still that's a long time. Like even if it's two years, even if it's one year, even, even if it's one year for me, it was like, Hey, for me to hit like a certain level, uh, for like, uh, either flying or, or for a hotel, like some of them is like, oh, it's just 30 nights. Well, 30 nights is a month. That's a, like of, of one twelfth of your year, you're gone from your family. You know, six, 60 days would be, you know, two two months. So when you start thinking about it in times away from your family, as opposed to some of these tiers that you're trying to work towards, which I get it, man. I love being upgraded. I love, you know, having that status. I mean, again, that goes and that feeds a little bit of my, uh, my identity and my ego and all that other stuff. And it feels good. You know, walking in, they know your name and they know my my preferences, but the I don't know that you really look at the cost that comes with that, and that's uh, that's the kind of thing that you kind of have to to watch really carefully. But I think you know the other part that I kind of took away from that was he had he said he felt guilty he he felt guilt um, when he looked at that thousand nights and i think that was a clue now i don't know that you have to uh you have mm-hmm. to say hey like a thousand uh, like i have to wait till i get to a thousand nights to feel guilt i think part of that is being around a brotherhood as you're talking to people and they're like, man, you do travel a lot. Like, I've had people tell me multiple times, like, hey, you know, I just saw you here. I just saw you there. Like, you know, you you you, you travel a lot. And, if you know, I would always try to, like, I would always kind of fight that conversation. It was like, well, I usually only kind of post on social media, you know, when I travel. So, it feels like I'm traveling a lot, but I, I don't really travel that much. Which, for me, it was like one, maybe two times a month. So, it wasn't in my mind a lot. But if that's all people are seeing they're going to start to say stuff and then you start to feel that guilt you're like maybe i do travel too much well but that's just part of my job or i enjoy it like i it's nice to to break away it's nice to have the the ability to 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 travel a little bit and you know kind of see the world but have you know the company pay for it as well as you know there is i'm i'm in sales right so that face to face with the customer is really important again not saying you shouldn't travel but what i am saying is when that becomes a part of your life that you 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 feel you start to feel guilt around it that's a clue that maybe that's something you should give to God because he he potentially has more for you in that and you know it it may feel insurmountable it may feel like that's the only way like that's the way that it has to be but i think what jordan was saying uh not jordan what what uh brett was saying was like this like maybe if I'd given this to God a little bit earlier, may, you know, maybe we could have figured out a different way. The good news is that all things work together for good, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But I, I think just if you're looking at areas of your life and you're saying, you know, what's that thing in my life that I've justified, that I feel like is part of my identity, that I feel like is something that is is you know too big for God to handle. I think that's when you st- you need to kind of start taking inventory of what's going on and say, maybe, maybe
1: I do need to trust God with this and see what can happen. Well, you hit on the thing I look for all the time in my life for guidance from God. I've never had a relationship with God where I hear audible voices or sometimes I don't, I mean, I guess over the time, you know, I've had the opportunity to have a relationship with God for about 23, four or five years now. And, So there are times where I feel like the still small voice of my spirit. But much more than that, by far more than that, is what you're talking about, little clues, little hints, Mm -hmm. little nudges, where I start to see things, and I just have a general rule rule with myself that if I see it a third time, if it hits my attention a third time, I just assume the Holy Spirit's trying to tell me something, and I start digging into it. (laughs) I start asking, okay, what is it? You know, if I see a story from the Bible, more than twice, I'm like, okay, what What are you trying to get across to me? What are you trying to tell me? If I hear like what you talked about, if I hear a specific thing that hits my spirit, hits my soul, and it's like, mm, I don't like to hear that. Or ah, yeah. if I hear that after the second, third time, I start asking myself, okay, what is it? What is it that I need to hear from this? You know, it, it may not always be the big sacrifice thing. I think a lot of guys are scared of... When they come to Jesus in any way, whether it's the first time in salvation or that next time where you're taking your relationship with God to another level, they're scared of the big sacrifice. I'm going to have to lay this whole thing down. I'm going to have to get a whole new job or I'm going to have to sell this whole thing. Or somehow my life is going to completely be altered if I give any allegiance to Jesus. And that is rarely the case in my life. That happened maybe the first time, the first couple years in serving jesus but after that it's just little steps it's a little bit like you know if i'm i'm not a traveling guy i have a window cleaning company here in town and so you know i'm rarely out of town for that for work but so i don't get an answer for traveling but in that sense it would be less uh, the god i know god's character would be he wouldn't ask you to stop traveling it would be how can you travel more efficiently How can you, I'll tell you, here's right in my house. So my wife told me one time, she said, I just don't feel connected to you throughout the day. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, i am gone for like seven hours. Like, how can we be like, like, I don't even like, I I blink and I'm back home. That's what it feels like. I walk out the door. It's like, I turn around, I come right back home. But I started to think about that. And of course I'd heard it a couple of times and then I hear it at a sermon and I'm like, okay. -hmm okay, Lord, what is it? And here in my mind, I'm like, how do I like, I'd already done the work from home thing. You know, when I went to full-time entrepreneur, I worked from home because a lot of our officing was out of the home and that did not work. Like my wife was like, I need you to leave. I need it. She t- this is what she said. She <laughs> says, I need you to go so I can miss you. I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. I need to miss you. I need to miss you while you're going. <laughs> Fine. So I start officing somewhere else. Well, <laughs> anyway, so I'm trying to dab- dabble all this stuff in my head and and I realize, okay, she doesn't need me to come. Like I'm thinking, do I need to come home for lunch? Like, what do I do? I need to check her out in the afternoon. What, what needs to happen here? And what the step guy gave me was just shoot a text in the afternoon, give a call in the afternoon and check on her day. Just doing that one little thing. Here in my head, I thought, man, I'm gonna have to change my whole lifestyle. I'm gonna have to re-alter my whole like how am I gonna do <laughs> how am I gonna do this? And yet God was like, No, yeah, you're way over dramatic, Matt. Just try talking or texting every once in a while. And I'm not talking like a conversation. Sometimes she has a conversation. For me, it's just, hey, it could be two minutes. But that's the kind of things I think man, we have to realize is God usually gives us instructions on what we think is the big thing we need to lay down. A lot of times, mm-hmm. it's just a little step of laying down a portion of it to give him Lord over it, and then he takes it and blesses the rest.
0: Well, I feel like uh, I feel like we need to rewind that and just listen to that again. I'm not sure that there's too much that I can add to that um, because I think— like we're specifically talking about marriage, your what you're what you're basically communicating is that your your wife wants to know that you think about her. It's not necessarily that you're that you're there. Like so, you know, we're, we're going to get into marriage stuff here, and we'll, and we'll probably have like multiple marriage um, podcasts because I think that's just like that, that's a whole different topic. But she just wants to feel love. She wants she wants you to initiate the conversation so the fact that you're together and the fact that you you know see each other and whatever else that does not communicate love to her in my mind the fact that I come home every single night and that I've basically continually like consistently you know been here to me that's that's my expression of love like hey if I don't love you I'm gonna let you know when that happens until then I love you and that should just carry through I found out the hard way that that is not a a great way to communicate love, Uh, and the funny thing is, I still suck at it. Like I, 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 I legitimately know. Like as you're saying this, I'm like, oh man, like I know exactly, you know, the challenges that you know, and the conversations that you're having. uh, But I'm sitting here reflecting, going, you know, yeah, could I have, you know, given my wife a note? Could I have, um, you know, called her during the day? The, The funny thing is, I was at a, I was at actually a work thing, and the company had these postcards and they said, Hey, you know, for, for, uh, one of the things that we do, we do X, Y, and Z, but you know, here's these little postcards that has our logo on it. Uh, basically, you know, what we're going to do is, you know, write a, write a little postcard to someone. We'll mail it for you. So all I did was I took the postcard that had their branding on it and they're like another marketing company. So that's like separate from me, which is like kind of blasphemous. So I'm like, I don't know who I'm going to send this to. So I was just like, I'm just (laughs) going to send this to my wife because, you know, she's not going to use them for marketing. So I just, I just wrote thinking of you dot, dot, dot. And then I gave the card to them, put my, my home address on that and mailed it to her. It is still hanging. That card is still hanging up in our closet um, because like in her like (laughs) little area and, and it's just it's one of those things that you think about it and you go it was such a simple act it was such a small step um but the meaning to her was that during my work day i loved her so much that i communicated to her that i loved her and that sounds in my mind just so like illogical like i'm just like well yeah of course i love you like i married you like that was like we 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 yeah. said vows i got dressed up like that, that's my expression of love, but they need that constant reminder to to say and, and for them to feel that you're present in that relationship, which again, a whole other topic. I don't want to go too far down that, but um, that was just oh, yeah. for me a huge step that required very little um, little time and and little things. All it is is just, again, and I've said this a lot today is the intentionality of it, the intentionality of my love, the intentionality of seeking God, the intentionality of trusting God, the intentionality of searching when you feel that guilt or where you, where you you're kind of have that little you know, check in your spirit, like, man, that's the third time I've heard this. I need to dig into it. Whereas you could just continue to ignore it, and that's going to keep coming up, and then you become callous to it. And so those hints might still be coming in, but you're just not tuned in. So you're just going to miss them every single time. And then you're going to turn around and be like, how did I miss that opportunity? How did I not see that? And then you start doing, taking inventory when it's too late and you're going, oh man, that, yep, 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 yep. I totally missed it. I totally missed it. And so I'm, I'm glad that you shared that because I think that that's, you know, stuff because you know what, what he was talking about was, you know what's as bad as traveling and what's more bad than being traveling and being gone it's being home and not being present and, oh, and for me boom. that was that was a wow, that was a wild wow statement
1: yeah that's uh man i can remember when i first got married no no it was right before i had kids and I, I had some brothers around me and i did I, he- I heard the this idea that they were at home but not present work would consume them and all these different things and in my arrogance at that at that time, I thought, man, I don't have that big a problem with that. Like I, I can do a pretty good job of shutting it down at work and getting back to the house and being okay with that. Well, what God continued to show me over the next couple of years was I actually, yeah, I might be able to shut work off. Like I might have the skill to be able to compartmentalize the stresses at work and try to push it off. But then I have uh, these all these other things that try to grab all my time. These other side projects, hobbies, uh, like interest, TV shows, sports, like, I mean, you can name every stereotypical guy issue and it was there. And I had to start recognizing, wow, there are times when I'm home all evening, but I wasn't connecting with, like I connected with my wife because I had some other things on my mind, but for my kids, they, they were just kids. Like, they're like, okay, they're doing their thing, whatever. And I've had to really grow in purposefully connecting at home and not just letting it happen, but happening inside of it and making those moments matter. And, well, connecting at home, that's what it is. And he said that. He said that would be worse is to be at home and not present than to not be there at all.
0: And I think that, you know, part of that, part of that message was like, you know, he had somebody challenging him on that. He had somebody saying, Hey, enough is enough. You need to do something about this. You need, you need to be present in your, your home. You need to, you know, figure out a way to make this work because like, let's just, let's just take it to the worst case scenario. You travel, you know, a thousand, a thousand nights and you're not present at home. What's that a recipe for? Like, that's, that's, That's the worst, that's the worst case because then, you know, you have kids who you're technically their father, but they have no relationship with you. You have a wife that's technically your wife, but you have no relationship with her. And I, I don't know, I'm not a marriage expert. I just don't feel like that's, you know, a recipe for success. And I think that, you know, when you're in that situation and that thing now has snowballed, from just being like, hey, I feel a little guilt about this to like, now it's a major issue. This is this is something that you need to deal with. And I think that kind of what he was saying was he felt justified in it, but I think he also felt a little hopeless in it. Like he didn't feel like there was really a solution. Like he didn't see a way out. And I think that's where having a brotherhood and having people around you to say, hey, have you tried giving that to God? Have you tried releasing that? Have you tried uh, basically saying, not my will, but your will? And really just, you know, being there to encourage you to say, hey, it is possible to be engaged with your family. It is possible to, to not travel as much. It is possible to trust that God can take a situation as big as and crazy as COVID and work that together for good in your life. And I think that's kind of the moral of, of his story was, you know, COVID was tough. COVID is still going on right now. and But what's happened is is it's created a shift. And a shift that's allowed him to be close to his family and to be present with his family. And I'm I always like to think that there is a silver lining to stuff. And I think in in, in his instance, the silver lining is, is that he went from being a guy that was traveling and traveling and traveling and felt like that's what he had to do to where God was able to use this situation to transform his relationship with his family, to transform his work so that he could be present and be home. And I think that the message behind all that was, is do we have faith in God? Do we truly trust that the creator of the universe, the guy who created the heavens and the earth and everything out there can handle my little situation that I've justified and I feel a little bit of guilt about? And I think the answer is yes. I'll
1: tell you what I've found that crisis does in my life. And we mentioned you know, a major, what we can call a crisis in many people's lives. And that is the lockdowns that happen from COVID, the lack of business that happens from COVID, all the new regulations that happen from COVID. And, but there are other crises that happen in our lives that create the same thing. And I think if you're wise and if you use God's wisdom, you take advantage of what these do in your life. Crises have a way of shining lights in different ways on things so that you see your life through a different lens. You know, if you've got to go home and work from home, all of a sudden you realize there's a different world going on about you. When, But it's not just those things. It's other things like when you don't get a big sale that you wanted to get, or maybe a job offer that you wanted falls through, or maybe you do get a big job offer. And then it turns out that thing is not as cherry as you thought it was. Those little crises we have in our lives, you know, maybe you have an argument with your wife that just, she says something that's just crushing. You know, maybe you have, a, maybe your kids are grown and older and you're starting to see the breach in between you and them and you realize and your relationship is not the same. Well, these little crises in our lives, God has a way of shifting our lens and showing us something that we didn't see before and then giving us some emotional energy to get moving on that so that we can see change in our lives. It's right after that the brotherhood comes into play or the men around you come into play. Because when that emotional energy runs off, wears off, and you've been sharing these things with them, they can step back in and say, Hey, what about this? Hey, you took that time off from work so you could have a better family, but it seems like it's picked back up again. You know, did you saw, did you fix those things that were issues? Did you find a way to connect with your family in a new way? The you mentioned this earlier, and I don't know if you were pointing at this scripture, but either way, I think the Holy Spirit would share it. His Romans 828. It says we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and those are called according to His purpose. Mm-hmm. As a way of shifting bad things in our lives, in this case, Brett, you know, gets this conviction he's got to stop traveling or at least adjust his traveling schedule. He gets a crisis in the in the form of COVID. It makes him shift his whole business. And knowing more about Brett and what he continued to share, he actually started a new business at the same time that would yeah. give him more. Uh, time at home. Well, those are shifts that a crisis bought because, and because of a new lens, he was able to see it through a different way. Well, if we can maximize those opportunities in our lives, when things happen that we don't want, whether big or small, and we have that short moment of shift and lens change and we see things differently, God can start to move through that and work out those failures Crises, tr- troubles, problems into a better situation for us because he loves us just that much. Yeah. I,
0: I'm glad you shared that because I think that was, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, I was kind of struggling with a little bit in terms of what, what, when he, when he was sharing all these stories, because he talked a lot about you know the struggle and he talked a lot about you know kind of trusting god and navigating all that but he also talked a lot about you know having faith and and having the ability to kind of speak those things into existence and so there's there's a little bit of a a pull in either direction going on in my mind of I want to make sure that I have the right confession. I want to make sure that I have faith and, and that I'm putting the right thing out there. But at the same time, I want to be – I want to make sure that I'm also kind of communicating the size of the challenge uh, and, and I'm being vulnerable with people. So, you know, you know, walking through all of the different parts of this story, you know, part of me is saying, you know uh, – echoing what he's saying, which is, it's a spiritual battle. This is, you know, I need to have faith. I need to have, you know, th- what are the words that I'm speaking? What are the things that I'm saying out loud? Because that's an opportunity for me to, you know, give other people faith and and like through my employees and have a testimony for what God's going to do in these situations. But the other part of me is saying, you know, uh, I need to be vulnerable and I need to, I need to say, Hey, you know, these are challenges that are going on. You know, the, this, this, this is not good for us. Like, you know, the, the reality is, is this is the situation, but I, I think, and, and I'd love your opinion on this. I think the differentiating part of it is, you know, what am I saying? What am I constantly saying to myself? What am I programming my mind with? Like, what am I renewing my mind with? Uh, You know, whether it be something like where I'm saying, you know, all things can work together for good I think that self-talk and that self-speak, that's where you're building your faith. That's where you're, you're confessing and, and your belief and, and all of those different things come into play. But I think on the other side of that too is like in, in order for people to see you as a leader or, or see some some of the struggle, you do have to uh, kind of... Uh, acknowledge the situation. You can't just be completely blind to the fact that, you know, your business shut down for 45 days, I think is what he said. You can't be blind to that and say, oh, we're going to be fine. Like he actually said, you know, I I had to go on unemployment, but I had faith. Here's what I did. Uh, You know, I had, we had to furlough people, you know, it's not that you're ignoring the fact that the business is completely gone and you're just going to not furlough anybody. You have to kind of recognize the situation, but in those situations, you also have to say, you know, this is what we're believing for. This is, you know, this is what we believe is going to happen. We're programmed, we're, we're confessing that these things are going to happen. And, these, and that's where you start to communicate that faith. So maybe I answered my own question, but that was definitely a kind of a struggle throughout the entire part of what he was talking was like, you know, at, at what point do I acknowledge reality and at
1: what point do I exercise faith? So what you said is huge. This is so pivotal in a walk with Christ and understanding Christianity in its very real way. There's so many labels and masks and wraps and different flavors of how Christianity and a relationship with God gets expressed but when you get down to people who have really experienced it and really know the love of Christ in their life, it becomes very practical, very real, and very down-to-earth. And you you express so much of what goes on inside of faith. It reminded me of Romans 10, 17, Paul's writing, and he says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. And when you look at the breakdown of that scripture, what he's saying is faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the Word of God. Hearing and hearing and hearing the Word of God. And we easily go to, because usually it's a preacher talking to us about this, we easily go to, oh, okay, church. Yeah, I've got to, okay, i got to hear it at church. But you mentioned a hearing that a lot of times we don't consider hearing. It's because it's not audible, mm-hmm. and that's self-talk. What are we saying mm-hmm. in our head over and over and over and over? What am I hearing all day long? Myself, tell myself, is it the word of God? Is it a lie from the enemy? Is it something that I've made up and conjured that I want or I would justify? You know, the scripture that Brett brought out was Hebrews 11, 1, classic scripture. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for and the substance of things not seen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so here we have two scriptures working together. We have one that tells us how to build our faith. Hearing, and the one that says that faith is the unseen creation of that new reality we need—that shift, that that change in perspective that we need to have. So, a lot of what we walk through and need to walk through is what track is going on in my head. What am I telling myself over and over and over? You know, I think it was um, uh, Joyce Meyer that said, "I need to listen to what I'm listening." What you know, I need to find out. What am I talking about in my head that I'm hearing over and over and over that's creating my actions, my habits, eventually my whole destiny, my whole life? Is the word of God going through your head? Is the, who you are in Christ? Is it a, and I'm not talking about, do you need to go memorize scripture? Although that's probably a good idea. I mean, are you running the word of God from your pastor, from the Brotherhood podcast, from the uh, the men in your life, are you running that through your head so that you're getting the word of God? So then that produces faith. That faith then changes how you see things so that things that you don't see, God begins to show you and you're able to walk in that new opportunity. It's a new place with you and your family. It's a new place with you and your business. It's a very real practical expression of how God loves you in a way that's tangible, measurable, and is real change in your life. Man, what you said was just incredible. Yeah, the uh, and
0: I don't want to go too deep into this, but I love how you kind of talked about your thought life. Um, and I, I think that for me, it's really important to establish kind of this this mindset of your thoughts are not you. Your thoughts are things that come in and out of your your mind, but you ultimately make the decision on to act uh, on those thoughts. He talks about how you need to take every thought captive he doesn 't say that you are your thought every thought that you that comes into your mind is you every every thought that you have you know, is the definition of who you are. You take those thoughts captive and you decide what you're going to do with those. So I think part of your thought life is programmed through your self-speak. So you're saying these things, you're filling your mind up with these thoughts, with these, you know, whether it be the word and, uh, and the scriptures that you read in the Bible or the people that you surround yourself with and all, all those different things. Those are going to be the first readily available thoughts that come into your mind that you're going to make decisions based on. So, With that said, this is my opportunity to uh, exercise my education in science class. I learned that whatever is inside of a container is the first thing that will come out of that container. So if I pour something in, whatever's going to splash out is what was already in the container. If I pour something in, it's not going to splash out what I poured in. So if I apply that to my thought life, and this is a stretch, but this is how my mind works – if, 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 if all of the thoughts that I've put into my mind are things that are based on the word of God, is based on you know the the content that I'm putting, that I'm filling my mind with, that I'm surrounded, the people that I surround myself with, and that's why the circle of friends you have, the brotherhood that you have is so important because <clears throat> if they're putting those good thoughts into your mind, they're challenging you, they're encouraging you, they're telling you what's possible, they're helping you expand your faith, you're seeing things in their life that they're accomplishing or how God's moved in their life, that expands your faith that that you you believe that that is more possible because you've actually seen those things happen. That becomes the readily available thought that you can take captive and say, "Yes, this is something that that I think that we can do. This is something that I think that can make a difference in my life." Instead of all of the crap that we put into our minds, and so we've got to you know sort through song lyrics and baseball stats and you know who won like fantasy football. We're just Filtering all those thoughts out there, and they are like, oh, hey, you know, so and so got into a fight on the field, and then you just start drifting, and, and you you lose your focus. You're you're not able to kind of dial into, you know, the readily available thoughts, and so that's why it's so important to get that self talk and to get in that situation where you're filling your mind with the right kinds of thoughts, so you can take them captive. And, and make the right decisions. You can choose to, again, be intentional with your actions and the things that you're doing that's going to give you the focus to meet those goals, to to grow in your walk, to be a better husband, to be a better uh, brother, to be a better man. All those things tie together into what Brett was talking about was that thing that you had justified, that thing that you didn't think was possible. Well, now you've surrounded yourself with – the the possibility and the thoughts that are going to take you towards saying, hey, you know what? I can give that to God. It does not need to be a thing that I carry anymore. This can be something that God uh, can, I, I can completely release and surrender it to him. And I don't have to carry it anymore. I don't have to dwell on the thoughts of the impossibility of what this is. I'm going to dwell on the thoughts of how God can take this from a possibility
1: to a probability. Man, that's good. You know, I want to stitch this together real quick because there's been so we've just had such a privilege of hearing uh, the word of God and how He moves and interacts in our lives. We talk about there's something in our lives that Brett pointed out in his life as traveling. There's something in our lives that is a we could say this a blind spot. It's a spot we don't see that's taking from what God wants to do in our lives. And something comes along. It's either a small crisis in that you're at a church service or you're speaking to somebody and they say, hey, this in your life needs to change, either that directly or sometimes it's indirectly, or it's a large crisis that forces that said thing in your life to change. And I'm trying to be general here because I want the men listening to be picturing in their head, okay, what is it that God is trying to say to me, either directly or indirectly through these little hints? And then from there, there's a shift. And if faith is the evidence of things hoped for and the substance of things not seen, then Or flip flop, flip flop, flop that uh, faith is the substance (laughs) of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Then there's something I don't see that God's word running a track in my mind and hearing it through audibly through my ears and hearing it inside my head helps shine a light on, and that is the answer and solution to the thing that I've got to give over. How do I maintain that in my life? Maintain a healthy relationship with brothers in my life, men that are seeking God, that are pursuing a righteous lifestyle that can pour into my life, whether once again, directly or indirectly, in a way that opens up and shines a light on the thing that maybe I feel is so important to my identity, but yet God's saying, let me take that and replace that with something so mm-hmm. much better.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I think that the we've, we've, we've really stretched this out a little bit, but I'm glad that we did because I think it's the topic itself is something that I think is something that we all deal with, uh, that we maybe kind of flow in and out of that we we don't think about, or we, we we say to ourselves, you know, that is something that I need to deal with. That is something that I need to do. And then we go to the next step of, well, that's too big. I can't, I, I can't change it. There's nothing that I can do about it. And it's finding that trust in God to say, you know, God, I do trust you to take this. But I think, to kind of put a bow on all of this, you know, he he goes to the part where he's talking about in John 14:11, uh ask anything in my name and I'll do it. And I think part of that is just knowing the character of God. Not just trusting that God will do it, but know that God is willing and able to do it. And if you if you if you kind of back up from the entire situation, and say, you know, what what seemed like an improbability of like, I'm not able to do X, Y, and Z or whatever and else because, you know, this is something that I fully justified in my mind to God is willing to change this for me. Like he's, he's willing, he's able to do it. No thing is insurmountable for him. There's nothing that's too difficult. Our problems, whatever we may think as large as they are, whether it be job, whether it be uh, you know health, whether it be um, you know family relationships, whatever it may be, that God is willing and able to to work in those things. So it's not just about you know being willing to surrender to God and and hopefully he's 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 okay with taking this. It's recognizing that he can and is absolutely able to make that thing uh, work in that thing. And he's, he's willing to do it if we're willing to ask in his name. And I think that that right there kind of encapsulates everything of what we were trying to do is, you know, taking it from our little minds saying, you know, this is impossible to do this. You know, there's no way that this can change to recognizing that in in our worlds and in, in our, our you know challenges and in the adversity that we face – that God can still move and work through that. And he's willing to move and he's willing to work through that because that's the kind of God that he is. That's the character of God. And that's good.
1: That's good. I love how when God speaks to me, it's always in a way that I can take that next step and practically walk in what he has for me. Even when I yeah. don't see the thing, I've tried. I've learned to trust him enough that I can take that one small step cement myself to him and say okay let's take this step and see what happens and it's always a great thing even when it's a challenging thing for me cuz i got to grow i got to change <laughs> you know something in me has to stop or start even in that you know hebrews it says his chastening is a good thing and it brings this joy that's truly what it does. When you change based on the directive of God, it brings a joy that even though you may not like the actual circumstance, even though you can honestly say, I prefer not to have to do this step, there is a joy and excitement in it because it is, I mean, it's it's like working out. You know, everybody hates the pain. Everybody loves the result. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Well, Matt, man, thank you so much for you know, hopping on and, and helping me further kind of develop this uh, this this breakfast. You know, if if you like what you're hearing here, um, please do us a favor. Go back and listen to uh, the the podcast of of Brett speaking at the lunch, and I think that'll give you a lot of kind of perspective because he did talk a lot about a lot of stuff that I mean we probably didn't even jump into here. Um, but jump in, listen to that. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure that uh, hey, if you can share this with your friends, if if you feel like the content is something that you connect with and it's something that you know would be good for your brotherhood. Make sure that you're sharing it. Leave us a review, all those fun things, you know, all the fun things that podcasters say. But really what it's about is, is challenging you and encouraging you and helping you increase the, your thought life so that when you're in those situations of adversity, when you're in those situations where you feel like the situation's too big, for you to handle, know that God is there; He's willing, uh, and He's able to overcome whatever that situation, and ultimately turn those things for your good and to His glory. And I think you know the the last thing that I want to kind of say uh, to all of this was there was a lot of uh, a lot of comments, specifically from Brett, where she said, "To God be the glory." It wasn't about Him; it wasn't about you know the accomplishment; it wasn't about you know you know that He was able to solve this or whatever else. It was because of God, because God was able to to take that situation and do that. I think that, that, that goes back again to like, we're just stewarding the situations that we're in. We're just, we're in the situations. Um, but God is the one that ultimately works. And if we'll allow him to work through us, then his will is accomplished and more people are impacted. And that's where we're really tying into our purpose. That's where we're tying into hopefully, you know, Brett inspired you. Hopefully we inspired you in these conversations. So with that brothers, remember to honor all people. Love the Brotherhood, fear God, and honor the King. We'll catch you on the next podcast.